Chelsea, and you're listening to Beyond the Picket Fence. Not just any episodes of Beyond the Picket Fence, but this is a special segment called 25 Days of Updates. 25 days of 25 days of 25 days of 25 days of updates. <laughs> Happy holidays! If you've been around all season, you've been hearing interviews with amazing, incredible, stupendous... Okay, that's a little much, but... We've been talking to really amazing people, and I've had a few people request updates. So here is 25 days of updates from everyone that we have interviewed this season. If you've missed any, Hakuna Matata, you'll find the link to the original episode in each update's show notes. You're welcome. Today we're hearing from Kaylee again. If you recall, we had a little hiccup the first time we recorded, and so we re-recorded, and she shared how difficult it can be for her to share her story. She came back that second time with a plan, and I just let her flow. This time, she surprised me again. I'm here with Kaylee from The Obsessive Woman, who came and taught us about OCD, which was amazing. So how have you been since we went beyond your white picket fence? Uh, yeah, pretty good. I feel like it really hasn't been that much time since, you know, even though it, it has been a little bit, it still feels like the time has just kind of flown by. Yeah, I agree. It was like Halloween, and then all of a sudden, it was Christmas. It was super weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy. And I think your story was really cool because it kind of like was the update. You know what I mean? Not it was the update, but like mm-hmm. we went through the whole process with you, which was so amazing. And we talked about your healing, like your holistic healing. So what mm-hmm. are you doing now to continue healing your OCD? Yeah, so it's funny. Okay, so I have to be honest. I have not listened to the episode yet. Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know. So here's the thing. I, and this is why I bring it up because I, this is, this has been actually part of my healing process. So at first it started, I was, I was just terrified to listen. <laughs> and, and then it kind of turned into, I just kind of ran out of time, you know, um, and then got busy with things. And then when you asked me to do this, it kind of turned into, oh, no, no, I'm scared again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was actually like a goal that I made with my therapist to listen to it as part of my exposure and response prevention. So it was like to go through that exposure, you know, of listening to it and kind of changing my response to it. And so here's the funny thing. Like, I... I call it a compulsion conundrum. I don't really know what else to call it. <laughs> so, you make that up? That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like that's the best way I can describe it. Like it, so it starts out like, okay, I'm afraid to listen because it like, for me, it's like this big, it's really important to me and like all of the intrusive thoughts and stuff can come in, you know? And I know exactly what thoughts are going to come before I even listen. I know I'm going to run into these things, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So then I I kind of get into that where then it's a compulsion to like avoid it, you know, and not have to face it. But then on the other side, I w- it became then when it started to come closer, you know, to like having this talk with you, mm-hmm. then it started to become, well, it doesn't have to be a big thing, you yeah. know, like it's. It's not that I have to listen to it, right? Like, I don't know. Then it starts going into this other side. It's so it's like this conundrum where it's it's like no matter what I do, it feels like it's a compulsion, you know, 
if I listen to it or if I don't listen to it or if I, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I have to listen to it because I have to, or it has to be perfect or I have to like make sure it's right. And, you, you know, or, and, and so it's just this, it's this very odd thing where then I just like really don't do anything. Oh. <laughs> I guess that's like the, I guess that is kind of the basis of procrastination too, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it seems like it's kind of how I've lived my life mostly in my head, mm -hmm. um, mostly just in my thoughts and mostly in rumination. So anyway, that's a long way of saying I'm still working on it. There's still things that I'm doing and, you know, I'm, there's, there's exposures that I'm trying to do all the time, you know, with my mm -hmm. therapist and it's a process. It really, you know, I have to find a lot of self-compassion, you yes. know, so well, I hope you don't feel at all like it it could matter less to me if you listen to it or not so hopefully that's not even in there and yeah stress. some of my friends that I didn't even know had OCD mm. have come to me and just said like thank you for sharing her story and it resonates and like someone who gets it you know what I mean which is so yeah. cool so whether or not you listen to it it's out there helping people so this is me giving you permission not to listen to it if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I know I will someday. I, I yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, I, I mean, I know it'd be good. Do you feel like it's going to be a compulsion either way? Like if you listen to it, it's a compulsion. If you don't listen to it, it's a compulsion. It can be. And here's the thing, Chelsea, it's really not about when it comes down to it. Like what OCD tries to do is tries to attach to everything that's important to you. And it tries to make it seem like all of these things are dangerous and it has to try to like protect, you know, mm -hmm. um, over protection. And it really isn't about like, it's not really about this thing, you know, it's not really about this podcast. It's really about the uncertainty and, you know, all the intrusive thoughts and everything that goes around with it. Like, I don't know exactly how I would feel if I listened to it. You know, I don't know that. And that's kind of scary. My brain might try to figure everything out. Like, did mm -hmm. I say this wrong? Or did I do this right? Or maybe I should have done this different. Or maybe I was laughing too much here. <laughs> you know, maybe mm -hmm. like maybe this doesn't maybe this won't resonate with people or maybe, you know, like it just tries to create all of these like million things in my head. So it's really about that relationship with it. So anything can become a compulsion. And I guess the moral of the story is that we can always change our relationship with it. You know, mm -hmm. like this doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. Like I could go and listen to it and I don't have, to, I can respond differently. Like, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe you said something wrong. Like, yeah, maybe I did. <laughs> you know, that doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't have to mean what my brain is making it try to mean, you know, mm -hmm. Um, but it's like right now, do you have the energy to go through all of that just to listen to it? Like, it's not that important. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. This is helping me understand you even more. Like, <laughs> not you personally. This is helping me understand yeah. the disorder. And I say that with mm -hmm. quotes. Yeah. Like, your yeah. brain is making huge mountains out of things mm -hmm. that just don't matter that much. <gasps> yeah. That's so stressful for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, you know, it's, I, I kind of, I like to think of like the perfect storm for OCD is something that's really important and uncertainty, 
So, you know, kind of when you put those things together, you know, if you have a level of uncertainty with it, it's something really important, which turns out is a lot of things, which is, turns out like is everything in my life. Like (laughs) everything is important to me, you know, is what I've learned through this journey, which, you know, that was so eye-opening to me. Like, wow, this actually can teach me something like this can, this is pointing to these things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. And I can turn that around and say, oh, awesome. Thank you, brain, for telling me. <laughs> like, That's thank you for reminding me that this is important. And like, I, I care about this. And which is such a you, beautiful you, relationship to have with it. Yeah. It, yeah. And I can be, you know, thank you for reminding me. And I'm still going to choose to live my life because like, I know the alternative. Like, honestly, this is not what I would like necessarily choose to do. It's not like I went through my life saying like, oh, I really want to be vulnerable. Like I really want to be open and rip my heart open for the world to see. (laughs) It's not what I would necessarily like choose to do. But everything that I've come to, like it keeps coming back to me. Like I know the alternative. I know what happens when I lock myself into my own little world and avoid the world because of all the bad things that could potentially happen. I know what that leads to. I know that side. Mm -hmm. And so this is like, this is the alternative and it's hard. (laughs) It's not really what we necessarily want to do. Um, But I know that it's better if that makes sense in the long run. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Someone just said in the episode or an update interview the other day, like, most the things that are worth doing are the hard things. Oh yeah. If it's easy, it's probably not that good or Mm -hmm. good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's sometimes exhausting, but also grows us into amazing people like you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks. It sure is interesting. Of course, you know, the things that we learn through the experiences, you know, and that's another thing kind of about it is one of the things that I've learned is it really is just about having experiences, you know, cause that's kind of the way that it's approached with the exposure and response prevention. And I'm, I'm not an expert on any of these things. Whatever I say is just my own personal experience with it. You know, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, um, but I'm an expert on my experiences, right? Yeah. We chatted for a little bit about exposure and response prevention. Kaylee said, you almost have to invite these anxieties and uncertain scenarios. Then you work to change your relationship with those thoughts. That could be useful for so many. I used to think that my thoughts were all facts and meant something about me. After life coaching and therapy and honestly talking with so many of you, I learned of things like intrusive thoughts. I used to believe that too. Like if I'm thinking it, it's true. Mm -hmm. And then to all of a sudden have to rewire your brain to teach it, that's not actually real life. Like your thoughts are just in your own head. Yeah not everything you're thinking is true. It's so eye-opening and so confusing. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, we can be separate from our thoughts. Such a weird concept. Like our thoughts are just a cloud floating by and we're like choosing them. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. It is. It takes a lot of energy. So sometimes I just let it be, but sometimes Mm. I'm like, okay, cloud come here and let's sort through you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, and what I've learned is I don't have to like find an enemy in it. You know, like some people describe OCD as a bully. For me, that's not super helpful. I don't have to make an enemy out of it. Um, A lot of times it's just teaching me. 
yeah, like be curious about it. And it's like, what is my body trying to communicate Mm -hmm. to me at this this point? You know, Um, like, what am I really afraid of right now? Mm -hmm. And how can I allow myself to feel that and like experience it and not just push it away? Because I thought, this is what I thought. (laughs) I thought I was experiencing all these feelings. One of the ways I can describe OCD is like you are trying to experience every single thing. It's just that huge, heavy weight, but overwhelm is a huge feeling with it. Cause you're trying, imagine that like every thought that you have, you treat it as true, as truth. When you have to process through that, like every single thing, like that's so much to take on. Um, and so I thought that I was feeling it, mm-hmm. but really what I was doing was trying to avoid it. And it was that avoidance of it that made it even bigger than what it needed to be, you know? Yes. And when I tr- really, truly realized that, I'm like, I'm not feeling, I'm not allowing myself to feel this. I think I am, but I'm not. Like, I'm really just trying to push it away. I'm trying to get rid of it. She would double think. Thoughts like, I can't think like this. I can't feel this. Raise your hand if you do this. Okay, obviously, I can't see you, but I bet you have felt like that at least once in your life. My hand is for sure raised. How much extra pain are we causing when we are angry and then we judge and shame ourselves for feeling or thinking human things? When I was first learning this concept, I felt like I'm so good at this. I feel all the things. Then I realized how difficult it was for me to feel through things. Like there's an appropriate time or way to feel something. I was trying to make myself feel it to get rid of it. But we can't do that. We have to learn how to feel it just to experience it. Not like as a checklist to just get rid of it. Here's the example I shared with Kaylee. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit here and be angry. Mark that off my list. Like I felt it go away. (laughs) Like I was feeling it to get rid of it. And that was the problem instead of just feeling it Mm -hmm. to feel it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. The other day I was like feeling anxious and stuff and I just stopped and I was like, I feel angry and irritated. And then I was like, <laughs> hmm, why? And then I just like yeah. tried to figure out where it was coming from instead of being like, what color is it? Where is it at? I'm going to feel it. Yeah. Off, it goes away. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a curiosity to it. There's a, a lightness to it. I think that's what's intriguing about it. Cause everything feels so heavy, you know, mm-hmm. with OCD, everything is important and everything feels heavy. Um, so to, to add that kind of curiosity and lightness to it is very freeing (laughs) and yeah, I mean, it, it's still a process for sure. I'm still, (laughs) still learning, still learning a lot, but I think it's also important to, to mention, like a lot of people will say, oh, okay, you know, yeah, I, I can relate in so many ways. There's so many things that it's just human nature, you know, aspect and what's the difference between, you know, yeah, we have these things that are human nature and, and we all experience it. We all have emotions. We all have feelings. We all have intrusive thoughts, you know, and what's that point where it leads to like a, you know, air quotes <laughs> disorder. And I mean, I think the way I, I try to comprehend it is like, there's opposition with everything. So when you talk about like perfectionism, cause I remember my husband was so confused by when I would be like, oh, like this is what I'm dealing with like perfectionism he's like isn't that a good thing like isn't perfectionism and he's like but and you don't seem to have that he's like 
you, there's these things that you don't do perfectly and, and like, you're okay with that, you know? And, um, you know, a lot of people think like, well, yeah, isn't that good to try to be perfect and to try to be the best? And isn't that like driving us to be better? And so there's adaptive and maladaptive. So you have these things that if it's adaptive and it's helping you improve and be better, like, yeah, that's, that's good. That's adaptive. And you have the maladaptive, obviously, which is where the disorder can come in. So, um, I can, yeah, I can appreciate all these things about me that wants to be uh, like perfect and good and, um, wants to do, you know, good things and make everything what I feel like, you know, right. And all of that. Um, but that's, it's the disorder part of it. The part that's holding me back. The part that is, if I'm like afraid to do something to the point where I just completely avoid it, that's not helping me anymore. That's not adaptive anymore. It's Um, hindering. It's in the way. Yeah. Yeah. So of course everyone can relate to anxiety. We need it. We need anxiety in our lives. Right. Um, It serves a purpose, but then it's when it gets that point where it's no longer serving us, it's, it's hindering us from. The, the way that it's described with um, therapy for, for OCD too is, is um, living your values, you know? So at what point do you decide, like, how do you decide what to do? You know, if everything is a compulsion, like how in the world do I decide? Like, this is a question I have for my therapist mm-hmm. all the time. Like, how do I know it's a compulsion, you know? And how do we know what to do? And she's like, well, usually it, what do I, what do I act on? If I'm in this compulsion conundrum, like, what do I do? Which way do I go? I mean, if everything I'm going to do is a compulsion and I had to let it go, it's more about the relationship that I have with the stories in my mind, as opposed to like the way that the world tries to explain OCD. It's like, oh, well, it's, it's all about, you know, like it focuses on the compulsions, mm-hmm. you know? And really, it's about the relationship that we have with these things. So it's whatever I'm most afraid of, like I can choose that. I can choose to do that. Or if you want to look at it another way, I can choose to live my values. Like, okay, this is how I want to live my life. This is what I want to do. This is the value that I have. It's teaching me, okay, this is important to me. So obviously, if OCD is here right now, then this is important to me. And I can choose to live the way that I want to live according to the values that I have in my life, which is, wow. <laughs> I mean, completely flips the narrative and, you know. Yeah. So if everything is a compulsion, then mm-hmm. look at your values, compare your compulsion to the values and do whichever compulsion leads you to where you want to be with your values. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not it's, I don't mean com- compulsion, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying if your brain thinks it's a compulsion but it's not a compulsion and it aligns with your values then is it that bad that you're doing it? Yeah, so so the whole goal is to stop all compulsions. So I'll okay. just say that right out right out the bat, which can be very difficult. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and this is where it gets this is where it's hard to explain. Most of the time my compulsion is to avoid you know, or to try to figure things out to ruminate. Mm -hmm. And that's usually where I can tell, okay, if I'm ruminating about this and I'm not getting anywhere, you know, or if I'm avoiding something because I'm afraid of it, 
like that's usually like okay this is there's something going on here I'm afraid of something I'm afraid of this uncertainty that's you know and I have to recognize okay this is what I'm afraid of um I can stop the rumination and I can I can say this isn't helping <laughs> I can just stop it completely and say you know what I don't know maybe maybe not I'm not going to try to figure this out I'm just going to make a decision and move forward with it. Um, because it's, it's, that's the hardest thing when it, when you're stuck in that rumination, like I cannot make a decision right now because I don't have enough information, you know, like I don't know. And that's the most annoying, like, Oh, I hate that. <laughs> that's like <laughs> my biggest, Oh, it's yeah. Um, biggest, biggest pet peeve. I don't know. Um, like I cannot make an educated decision right now. And sometimes it, the, the decision might be to not even make a decision. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, I'm going to make a decision, um, whether it's right or wrong. I don't know. I'm just going to start moving forward with it and then see how I feel. I might change it. I might not like, I don't know, but we're going to move forward because this being stuck and just being stuck in my life and feeling like I'm not going anywhere, moving in any direction I've already learned that that's not the way to live. Yeah. So how often would you say just daily life? How often are you thinking like about OCD and healing and like how much of your headspace is this taking up on the daily? Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot, which can in itself be a compulsion (sighs) ruminating about OCD, which is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) like oh yeah um so yeah this is the I guess is the best way I can kind of describe it it's when I'm constantly living in my head instead of just living life yeah like just constantly being stuck in my head and my brain can take that anywhere you know like Mm -hmm. it can ruminate about anything um and I thought that was a good thing I always thought that was really good (laughs) um and it can be you know, it doesn't have to be bad, but it's when you get just stuck and you can't move forward, just like running in circles instead of yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just constantly trying to figure it out and you don't even always know what you're trying to figure out. You're just trying to figure out something, you know, Yeah. Um, you're trying to figure out the uncertainty and it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. You can't, there's some things you just can't figure out. <laughs> yeah. But I try, I, I try. <laughs> You're so cute. I am so grateful that you even are willing to talk about it because you hear so many people talk about anxiety and depression these days. Like those are the mental illnesses that people really talk about and you can really understand, but like bipolar is hard to understand, OCD. Mm -hmm. And so I think just the more people talking about it will help, help us figure out like more about it. I don't know. Maybe you can't figure it out, but maybe just talking about it will just feel good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it helps. I mean, we have to, you hear this a lot. It's so cliche. Like we have to end the stigma and you know, what was stigma just comes from misunderstanding. Kaylee remembered a new story that she didn't bring up the last time I interviewed her. So the day that I was diagnosed with OCD, one of the questions that was asked was about family history, you know, a mental illness. Mm-hmm. So I started looking, I knew, I knew that there was history, you know, and I knew a specific 
you know, member, um, of my ancestry, you know? And so I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to look into this and see if I can find something. And, you know, just, I was curious and, and I, it was on my mind. And so I started looking into it and I found the death certificate of my great grandfather. Yeah. I think that's right. Great grandfather. <laughs> and he died in a mental hospital. Really? And he died, I think it was heart problems. Sorry, I'm like emotional. Um, but it it wrote on this, you know, the death certificate um, that he was in a mental institution and he was there for psychosis. And I don't know what he went through, you know, I don't know what what his struggle was but I thought you know what if this is what if I'm going through what he was going through and they labeled it as psychosis and threw him in a mental institution like because there were times especially postpartum like I was terrified terrified of the places that my brain was taking me to and just these times where I sat there like begging and praying and pleading to understand what was, what was going on in my brain, like what in the world was happening and why was it happening? And it, it came down to a lot of things of things that I've learned about with like fight, flight, freeze, you know, um, stress response, like all of those things, like these are normal reactions to the things that were going on. Like, it's, it's, I guess I could say it was abnormal, but it was definitely, it made sense, I guess, in that way of why it was happening with the, the stress that I was going through, what, how I was viewing my thoughts, how I was, the, the experience I was having with it, um, and how I didn't understand what was going on and how what I was doing was completely counterproductive to what I needed because I never learned and no one learns, you know, cause we don't quite understand it. And to, to learn of what I needed specifically, even after going through like 10 years of therapy on and off and not getting like specifically what I needed and to learn that and to be like this, this is what it is like this, this is what I needed. And to think like, imagine if that was what he was going through and he didn't have that same he, he didn't have that advantage. He didn't have that opportunity. Like, this is why I talk about these things. Like, even though it terrifies me and I don't want to necessarily, like it, we have to, like, we, I don't want to live in that world that he lived in, you know? Yeah. That is an amazing story. No, you did not share that story. And that is a beautiful story. Oh my gosh. I just want to like give him a hug and be like, this is what you need. <laughs> like, I know, but I'm uh, sure he's watching yeah. and he's probably like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I, and I know the traumas that he went through too, like, um, what he went through, um, his wife died, um, when his children were still, you know, pretty young. Well, they had a lot of kids, but you know, some of them were still pretty young and just think about like, oh yeah. <laughs> just thinking about the things that he went through and Oh yeah. It's hard. It's really, yeah. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Um, okay. Can I ask you the last question? Or do you have more to say? Did you write something down this time again? Um, I did it. It was only like a little small page. So I was proud of myself. You're so cute. I love you so much. <laughs> you're such a beautiful person. Oh, thank you. You're so... Oh. <laughs> I... <clears throat> I I want to I want to mention something because it goes along with with that. It's so hard to receive compliments because cognitive dissonance is something that was really important for me to understand. Because there's this like why I had to really come to terms with like why do I I'll just be blunt. Why do I hate myself? You know why do I have this really difficult relationship with myself? Like, why do I have all these hard feelings and feel like I'm like the worst person in the world? And, you know, all of these thoughts that come in, like, why do I believe this? Mm -hmm. um, and there's something that happens when you have your values. We talked about our values. And then when you, um, you feel like you're not the, the values and how you're living your life or the thoughts that you have don't align and it's that dissonance you know and it really messes up with the relationship that you have with yourself um because it's like this is where I want to be and this is not where I am and why why am I having all of these thoughts that are completely utterly against what I value you know what I believe it's very, very difficult, very difficult. And, you know, I've dealt with that my whole life, you know, and I can still remember like very specific instances of like, why am I thinking this? Like, why this is not who I am. This is, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And then you start to question everything, you know, like maybe I really am like bad, like secretly, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's just that, yeah, it creates that, that cognitive dissonance that, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, that can just tear apart the relationship that you have with yourself, which in return affects every, every other relationship, you know, and that's what this whole life is based on the relationship that we have with ourselves and others. And, you know, the way I view it with God. And so that's been really, really important to understand that. And like, how can I rebuild this relationship with myself and forgive myself for these things that it's like, okay, this is just an intrusive thought. Everyone has intrusive thoughts, which I didn't know that before. Um, I'm not the only person and this doesn't have to mean anything about who I am. I choose who I am. Like I choose my values, you know? And so even though it's still really hard, like it's still really, really hard. Like Oh, yeah, it's so hard to accept compliments and like, it's so hard to say like, this is, these are the things that I work on in therapy is like having fun, like enjoying life, like loving myself. This doesn't seem like things <laughs> you would like, like, why are these things hard? You know, these things should be like easy. Right. You know, why, That's why did we think That's what yeah, I told us for so long. So we know. feel like we're something's wrong with us when we're not able to have fun or we're not able to love ourselves yeah. when really a lot of other people are not loving themselves and not yeah. able to have fun. Yeah. When my therapist is like, say a nice, one nice thing about yourself, like, what? no, this is like the hardest. No, I can't do that. Like it creates all of this anxiety and like stress. And it's because I'm like, I can't, 
Not I tried even so one. What did you yeah, it would, It's so hard. I don't even remember. I don't even know. But <laughs> it's just because I had. <laughs> yeah, like I had tried so hard to avoid being narcissistic or like full of myself or because prideful. prideful. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like it's where. So there's something called. I'll just, I'll I'll say beyond the mark. I was going way far beyond the mark, you know, way onto this other side where it's like, I don't even want to touch that over there. I don't want to be prideful. So I'm going to go clear on this opposite side, you know, of like self deformation. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 Like I have to beat myself up so that, you know, no one has to feel bad about themselves, you know, when they're around me or no one thinks I'm prideful or, you know, full of myself, you know, all those things. When really, it's not about all or nothing. I realize that that's a huge cognitive, like, uh, I can't remember the word. <laughs> um, like, mis- yeah, it's, it's, um, misconception is the word I'm thinking, but that's probably not it. Yeah. It's, there's like a technical term for it. Um, but all or nothing thinking, I was like living my whole life and that's like either this, or, you know, or this, and you know, life is a lot of in between. Mm-hmm. And it's finding kind of that gray area, you know? Um, and I, it, there's one other thing I wanted to say. Um, I wanted to talk about this before, but I forgot. Um, one of the episodes that you did, and I, I hate it. I, I can't even remember what it was, which one it was. Um, but whoever you were inter- interviewing talked about secrets and like holding secrets. And when I was listening to that, it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, OCD is like holding a million secrets. It's having all like, I didn't know how to talk about these thoughts that I was having. And it felt like I had to hold a secret, you know, like I could not talk about it. If I even mentioned like anything about that, I'd be like, people are going to think I'm crazy. People are going to think I'm horrible. People are going to like, if they knew that this was my thought, you know, they would lock me up (laughs) you know and throw away the key and so yeah it was like holding a million secrets that I felt like I couldn't even talk about um didn't even know how to address you know so does that feel freer has that freed you a little bit talking about it yeah for sure um they still hold there's still a lot that's still I guess I could say still kind of hold me captive, you know, mm-hmm. but just alone, just knowing alone that like everybody has intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. and like, that's a normal part. Of, yeah. Like, and if you say one of those out loud, it does sound terrifying and crazy. Yeah. Like I yeah. said a few out loud and I'm like, just kidding. I didn't really think that that's just an example that I was thinking it- could have been someone else's thought. Yeah, yeah. But like just knowing, like, yeah, you know what? Everyone has intrusive thoughts, you know, and it doesn't have to mean anything. And the people that know that, like, can dismiss it, you know, like, oh, that's a weird thought. Like, I don't know why I thought that. Like, and then just forget about it. Yeah. Why are we not learning this? This is the kind of thing we should be learning as little children. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's like, yeah. You have a thought. 
Or it's like when I did something that I didn't know was bad and then I learned it was bad. And then I was like, oh shoot, I didn't know that was bad. Now I have to hide it. Uh-huh. You know I mean? Like when you're little. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, there's crazy. so much shame. There's so much shame. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's, you know, we can really relate to everybody on some of those levels, you know, with um, human nature. And when we really learn about how our brains are working and why our brains work that way and, you know, why why we get stuck, you know, in our lower brain sometimes. And that's kind of like when the tantrums, you know, come out, like I learned that a lot. I've learned that a lot with like child psychology is raising three kids, but, um, you know, sometimes we don't always have control. Like our, our prefrontal cortex is not in charge. Sometimes, you know, we're pure emotion, we're pure feeling, um, in some of those moments and we don't have to feel shame about that. We just need to find the right tools and, like that's been amazing to, you know, I thought everyone had it figured out when I was growing up, everyone else, but me, like everyone else was amazing. Like they all had it figured out. They knew what they were doing, you know? Um, and I was just this odd ball out, you know, that I had no clue. And, you know, when you really understand kind of like that, that human nature and, you know, that we all kind of experience these things, but not everyone has a disorder, you know, not everyone would be diagnosed with that. And that's kind of like the hard thing to understand and why it's easy for people to say like, Oh, I have a little bit of OCD too, you know, or, or I wish I had OCD so that I could like have a cleaner house, you know, it's like, well, that's, I mean, this is one of the most distressing, debilitating disorders you can have. So pretty sure you don't really want to have that. (laughs) I'm thinking like a lot of these things resonate. And then I think, okay, well, I have like hints and touches of it here and there. You know what I mean? But you, this is constant every day, always on your mind. That is where the disorder lies because it's Yeah. And it's, of course, someone has had this, this experience, mm -hmm. but this is your every moment experience, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause that's how it's really diagnosed is how much is this affecting your life? You know, how, how many hours out of the day does this take, you know, from you and how is this, how, I guess the best, yeah, like what we were saying before, how is this maladaptive, you know, and not adaptive. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it in that way, it really takes a lot of the stigma out of mental health. Like, okay, well, these are things that, you know, we can all experience. It's not like just, you know, little old me, you know, that can have these things that happen in our brain. You know, there's reasons why our brain is doing these things. Um, but it's, you know, is this, is this maladaptive? Is this not helping me? Is this hindering my life and making it harder for me to live the life that I, I want to live and the values I want to live? And if so, how can I, what tools do I need to, to try to help me, you know, mm-hmm. to where I'm working with my brain and not constantly fighting against it? Yeah. I don't know if a clinician would say that. I don't know. That's just the way that I, that's oh, kind of how I view it. resonates with a lot of things too. Cause like everyone, like you were saying, everyone's going to feel anxiety, but yeah. when your anxiety is so bad that now it's hindering your life there, then it's a problem or like yeah. everyone's going to feel sad sometimes. But when you're sad every waking moment for no reason, it's hindering your life. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's so cool. Yeah. I haven't thought of that. I haven't thought of that before. I always, am like, if you had like a mental illness is like a broken bone, something's broken your head, which I still think that that mm-hmm. applies to, but this is a kind of a new way that I, that you explained it, that I'm like, Oh yes. 
It's just like yeah. if you get a bruise, the bruise hurts, but it's just, it's going to heal. But if you get a yeah. bruise that's really, really bad and it's like a hematoma and it's, it's out of control, then mm -hmm. you can get help for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's just finding like, we understand the brain more now. Um, there's different, we're still learning, obviously, you know, but it, it was easier to take, it was easier to fix a bone, you know, um, it was easier to understand because you could see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was easier to understand some of the more physical aspects of our body. So I think we're really kind of catching up, you know, with understanding now that there's more like, I mean, they're, they're doing imaging, you know, the brain and things like that. So there's more that is understood like, okay, these are some of the things that are going on. Um, and these are some of the ways, you know, we can fix it. Cause it, I mean, it wasn't even that long ago where they couldn't even understand. Like I was reading about, you know, um, like orphanages and like Romania and they didn't even understand like how kids needed like to be held and loved and, yeah. you know, encouraged and like to have, like family you know yeah. like to have people that love them and care for them like how do we not know that <laughs> you know that brain does need to be taken care of too yeah yeah it's turns out it's pretty important it's pretty important super important yeah. kind of like the grand station of your whole body <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah so i you know i think we're understanding I, well I, I think there's a lot of stigma because it's easier to ignore something when you don't really know what to do yeah. Um, or, or how to, how to help it. And it's also hard because we all have to accept, like to, to break the stigma, we all have to accept, um, you know, our, our own feelings and emotions. And it's not something that a lot of people want to, it's easier to say, you know, this is, this is just broken. Let's just find a way to fix it. And it's not always like cut and dry you know, like that, there, mm -hmm. when it comes to the brain, there's things that you really have to, you really have to work through it. It's a process. It's not just an easy fix. I mean, medication can be really helpful, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, but you still, you still got to work through it, you know, and it's all these, yeah. these demons that we don't want to face, <laughs> you know, no one, I mean, yeah, no one wants to deal with that. Yeah. But, sometimes I feel like medication is like, like a raft, like if you're drowning, meditation mm. med not meditation medication <laughs> it's like a raft and then you're like on the raft but you're still in mm. the middle of the ocean like you still have to paddle to get to where yeah. you need to go. you know what i mean but now you're not drowning and you can actually like okay now i can paddle mm -hmm. and now i can do the work because i'm not drowning if that makes sense. that's how it's been for me yeah yeah i didn't I have the energy to do the work when i was so depressed mm -hmm. and not medicated it was like there was yeah. no hope. i was like i'll just close my eyes and drown that sounds better <laughs> sounds easier sometimes at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I can. Yeah. That makes sense mm -hmm, for sure. You know, and it's, and it's just knowing like we're still learning and you know, it's just, it's just the experiences, you know, that we have in our life and, and it doesn't have to define, you know, I, tr I try to be careful about the way that I view it, you know, where it's like, this is, this is just something that I'm experiencing you know, OCD is just an experience in my life. And even with anxiety, like the way that I've heard it described, there's a really good OCD specialist that I really enjoy listening to. And the way that he describes it is 
just let you like you like inviting it to the party you know like oh hey anxiety like come in like hang out stay as long as you want you know just like kind of like a nonchalant attitude I guess <laughs> you know like this is okay I can handle it you know um this doesn't have to be super scary like this is just an experience it doesn't necessarily have to be like I have to fix this or else you know it's like it's just an experience and for whatever reason this is what I'm experiencing and it doesn't have to be I don't have to feel ashamed about it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it doesn't have I don't have to be scared of it solved. it just is what it is yeah yeah just so easy just to say <laughs> I know I know it's so much easier and and that's and that's the irony of it is because when you when our frontal cortex is right now in charge yeah. it's like this makes so much sense yeah yeah and you know the irony about it is is you know it's when we just let it be then that's when it can let go yeah when when we we don't have you know, when we're trying to get rid of something that's an attachment to, you know? Yeah. I love so, it. So, yeah. Okay. Did you read everything on your paper? Your paper is super important to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, yeah. Hmm. Because last time I like led the whole conversation and if I would have just shut up and just let you read. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, I think, I think so. I, there's, um, one thing that I thought was really fun that I wrote down here. So I would say, um, my, you know, people like make like mantras or whatever for the year. Yes. So I was thinking, I'm like, Oh, trying something new in 2022, doing what scares me in 2023. <laughs> I love it. So January 1st, you're going to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yes there you go I've decided for you oh man Chelsea I can do it I can do it I just gave you a I just gave you a panic attack I can do it I don't know what the right thing to do is because I told you you didn't have to and then I'm like oh wait now I'm letting her get away with it I should tell her she has to but it's not about me honestly it doesn't matter you know what it's not about the podcast there is no right or wrong yeah I can do you just have to make a decision just make a decision what do you want to do do you want to listen to it or not I do want to. It scares me, but I'll do it because it scares okay, me. Just right? do it. So those are the things I have to do, right? The things that scare me. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna listen to it and you're gonna be like, just kidding. Now I'm gonna be mean to myself and I don't need to do that. <laughs> no, no. So so I so how I would respond differently when I listen to the podcast is and here's an example of an ERP is um okay, this is this scares me, but I'm going to do it anyway because I don't have to let this dictate my life this is just a thought and when the thoughts come in you can respond and be like okay maybe maybe not or cool yeah maybe like oh everyone is gonna hate me for saying that like yeah maybe maybe they will maybe they won't I don't know (laughs) yeah um or awesome that'd be great you know wouldn't that be so cool if like this was the worst thing that ever happened and (laughs) you know yeah um, I completely tripped over all my words. Like that would be awesome. That would be an amazing experience, right? Like, and that's where it switches. It's like, this is just an experience, like cool. Awesome. Like if I fall down and break my leg, cool. Like it's an experience. <laughs> I don't know. That's a bad example, yeah. but like it, yeah, it's just, just another experience, you know, just another experience. 
you know? I love that. I think you should say, I feel like your little mantra thing should be the answer to the question of how has your white pick event changed? I know that doesn't like really explain it, but it changes. Your mantra has changed from 2022 is going to be trying yeah. something new to 2023. <laughs> yeah. Tried something new. Yeah. And then doing what scares me in 2023. I could see that for sure. What do you think? What would you have answered? What what has changed since we went beyond beyond your picket fence? Or how has your perception of your white picket fence changed? Um I'll tell you after I listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, Last time it, you said something amazing about Jesus being like the creator of the mm. it was beautiful. I can't remember right now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think it was something about like architect and like Yes, like I found the master architect. Like, come behind my picket fence, and you'll see a mess, a house that's being built, and mm-hmm. you trip on some nails, or I don't know what. <laughs> really cute. And then you said, "And yeah. there's my architect," and I'm like, "And GC, so yeah." <laughs> and I, I think that's um, I, I guess what I've learned and what I've had to learn is that. My whole life, I've tried to be perfect. I've tried to make make everything that I do perfect instead of just having like a growth mindset about it. Like I'm still growing, you know? And it's it's like at every point in time, like, okay, I have to have all the answers like right now, you know? Like I'm doing this podcast. I have to say everything and do everything right and like know exactly what to say. And I have to be completely healed, you know? Um, breakdowns can be breakthroughs. They, if we allow it, like that's my other mantra. And that's like the big thing I've learned. Like this is still a a process. And when I have a setback, I, I can, I can learn from it. Like this is trying to teach me something. This is not me falling apart. Like this is me seeing the ways it's it's my body trying to communicate something to me you know it's something that I can learn from so my house is still remodeling it's a never-ending I guess that's the biggest thing like yeah my house is still remodeling and maybe it's time to make the remodeling maybe it's time to make the hammer and the nails and the saws and the wood the decor (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah no but like, see, let's I, just get cozy with it <laughs> yeah yeah so so I taught a lesson about perfection um it was from one of the conference talks you can mm-hmm. explain that <laughs> um and it was so fascinating to me because it talked about um so perfection means perfect in greek um, I'm probably going to botch this, but it means, um, it's like, it, it refers to like a finished, you know, like the end and in, in Hebrew, it's like complete or whole. And so this, this talk that I was, um, referencing that mentioned how even, even Christ didn't say that he was perfect until after he'd been resurrected. And like, that was just kind of mind boggling to me. So you have like a, 
perfection like you can you can get really good and proficient at things like in this life so you have like a temporary you know perfection and then there's like an eternal perfection you know it's impossible absolutely impossible to do everything perfectly but I thought that's what I had to do you know um I thought that I had to be I had to save myself like I had to be perfect myself to avoid all of these bad things you know that would happen and I mean yeah that's that's not what this life is about I, I, I literally, I cannot avoid these things because these are the things that are helping me to become perfect. Like, mm-hmm. how can I avoid all of these experiences, right? When this is literally what's changing me. What is, how can I avoid the hammers and the nails that hurt, you know, when, when that's what's building me? Mm-hmm. And I was trying to, I was trying to so hard, but that's no life till I wasn't living my life. And that's no life that I want to live. And so, yeah, I, I guess that's the the biggest thing. Like that's just r- realizing that this perfection is, is that process, you know, it's the long, it's the long haul. Um, I don't have to be healed to share the things that I'm learning. I don't have to be perfect to have a voice, you know, um, to share those things that I want to share. It doesn't, you know, I might mess up. I might look back. The scariest thing about looking back on something that I've done is, okay, now I know more now than what I did before. And I always try to compare and look back. Like, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. Now that I understand this. You know, but it's having that appreciation for where I was in that moment and the knowledge that I had at that moment and not expecting the impossible. Yeah. There's no way that I could have known what I knew now, like back then. Yeah. And just having that compassion, you know, for that process. It's hard, but. I think it's. I think it's hard for everyone, but I think it's a little extra hard for you, <laughs> for OCD, for people yeah. with compulsions. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's well. Yeah, my brain is constantly telling me that if I'm not perfect, then then yeah, like and something literally, it's impossible. Like yeah, if perfection means the end, that means like after the resurrection. So, <laughs> so you're working so hard for a goal right now that's impossible until after yeah. we die. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it's almost like permission to be like nope you can't be perfect because that's yeah that's that goal right now you yeah. should be perfect in experience perfect in allowing yourself to experience life <laughs> yeah and i'm Just not my savior that. i'm not my savior yeah. <laughs> i'm not like i can't i can't fill that role like i, I can't do everything perfectly mm-hmm. um to in order to accept this grace you know that's not That's not what we're asked to do. Such a good conversation. Can we stop trying to avoid the hammer and nails and realize that's what's building us? I always enjoy Kaylee's analogies. So now after this conversation, I've decided I'm going to figuratively stop trying to end the remodeling process. 
I'm just gonna figure out how to enjoy the rustic look of my picket fence that's all surrounded by nails and tools and paint and caulking. It needs a lot of help, but that's the fun of it. And that's the update from Beyond the Picket Fence. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Happy holidays!